0: for listening to the Grace Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you, gives you hope, and leaves you forever changed. Stay tuned after the podcast for more information on how to find us online. Christ-like character, the character of Christians. And you know in the world we live in today, you can look around and see that that's kind of gone to pot. I mean people don't have Values, they don't have morals about them, and we don't display Christ in everyday living. And you know, we are a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are His witness. And how do we witness? We can't go up to everybody and say, "Hey, do you know Jesus?" We're a witness by our life, our character. Our character speaks a lot. I mean, you know, you, you meet somebody and you listen to them a little bit and you hear, see how their character is, and you kind of know what side they're on. They got a, sometimes we can have a flipping attitude. We don't care. It's uh, us four and no more attitude. But that's not Christ. What if Christ took that attitude? What if he took that attitude, us three and no more? God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and me, us three and no more. Where in the world would we be? But we are a, we are God's witness in the earth. We're his witness. And sometimes we need to stop and take stock of our, how are we displaying ourselves to the world? And I know sometimes people are shy. Believe it or not, I used to be extremely shy. And I, I know people don't believe that, but I was. I was very shy. And I didn't really talk to you unless I really got to know you. And when I was growing up and I was younger, people would say, she stuck up. She acts stuck up. And I was thinking inside, oh, my gosh, you just don't know. I'm shy. And and it was rooted in rejection because you're afraid to be rejected. You're afraid for somebody to say something about you or cut you down or make fun of you. And so you find, well, it's just easier to stay quiet. But when God got a hold of me, and the Holy Spirit came into my life, he changed me. And this is a, a, if you knew me before, you would know it is a tremendous testimony. Because honestly, I don't feel like I ever meet a stranger. I mean, it doesn't matter if I've ever met you before or whatever. I don't have a problem speaking to you and talking to you and laughing with you but that's a miracle you don't you don't know it because you didn't know me as a young girl but he worked a miracle in my life and I am so thankful for it and sometimes I just think back to the way I used to be and it makes me weep to see what God has done and is still doing in me. But I couldn't, when I was so shy, I couldn't display Jesus' character. I was too shy. I was too afraid. And it's a, a terrible thing to have rejection and be too afraid to step out. And be a witness for the Lord. Just in how you live and how you talk. But that's where we should be headed. We should be headed in that direction. Because that's what's going to bring the world into the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is watching us. And if we we don't have that character in our life, nobody's even going to know. You know, the saying, is there enough about you that you could be convicted as a Christian? Is there enough about us that people see and hear that would convict us as being a Christian? Do we talk like the world? Do we react like the world? Do we have foul things come out of our mouth? We do things that we know is completely contrary to the word of God. You know, it would be a terrible thing for somebody to find out you're a Christian and they'd say, oh, you're a Christian? I didn't know you were a Christian. That's sad. I want people to, I, I, I like it when people say, you're a Christian, aren't you? just by the way you talk and the way you react and the way you act. That's what we all ought to strive for, that without having to say a word, people are going to know we're Christian. And we have values and we stand by them and we are in obedience to God's word. So I want to talk a little bit this morning and break it down maybe make it a little simpler and easier to understand what character is to be developed in us. What is the character of the Lord Jesus Christ that should be in us? Well, we find that in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is God's character. His character, it says it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. And what it's saying there, it means there's no conflict with the law. Because if you express all that, you're not going to come in conflict with the law. You know, that's not going to be your problem. Fruit consists of different things. A fruit has the juices, the pulp, the segments, the seeds. That's all a part of, the, of one fruit. And it's covered in either the skin or the rind of the fruit. That's the same way with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the spirit it has many parts, and you notice here it doesn't say the fruits of the spirit; it's the fruit. The fruit of the spirit we see here has nine parts. Oh, but a fruit that has all of that—they're not—it's not, not going to thrive unless it's connected to divine. Same way with the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of parts to it. And it's covered in the vine, or our body. Houses it. But you have to be connected to the vine, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, or it's not going to thrive. So we are like an orange or whatever fruit. There's many parts to that fruit. We're like that. We have the, the possibility of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And what causes that fruit to come forth and to come to fruition, it has to be connected to the vine. And the vine is Jesus. And if we're connected to the vine of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to be there for picking, for people to eat of it. And partake of it. But it's going to dry up and wither. If we don't stay. Connected to the vine. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to break it down a little bit. Piece by piece. And maybe it will help us to better understand it. And see. Where we may be missing it. Now we all miss it. At times. But. What is our heart? Our heart should be, I don't want to be that way. I want to have the fruit of the Spirit. I want to display the fruit of the Spirit. I want to get a little more connected to the vine so that this can flourish in my life. First, we'll take love. Love helps us to appreciate. Now, remember, this is... The fruit of the Holy Spirit. So it's not worldly love and all of that. This is godly love. It helps us to appreciate our brothers and sisters in Christ. It helps us to appreciate our family, our friends, and anyone we come in contact with. We have an appreciation for for one another. We... Uh, in John fifteen thirteen, it says, "Greater love has no man than he lay down his friend, lay down his life for his friends." Well, Jesus laid his life down for us, and if we could get that kind of love in us, my goodness, what we could do! We could turn this world inside out. Joy. Joy allows us to enjoy life. Now I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. And he says in his word, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So to have the part of the fruit, joy, brings strength. We have strength to be able to face these things that we have to face in life. But it helps us to enjoy life, enjoy one another, enjoy, have joy in the middle of any circumstance we face. And it's not the joy of like ha-ha-ha-ha type joy. It's, it's just knowing that you know that everything's all right and that you're loved it brings, joy brings us in to harmony with God and our fellow man. We're in harmony. And that's the kind of joy that I'm talking about, the one that we're in harmony with God. We've got connection with Him. And, you know, today we need Strength for a lot of things that we go through. And the Bible tells us the way to get that strength is the joy that comes from the Lord. The joy that comes from the Lord. And you know, it's a kind of joy that you don't always see in a person, but it's a joy you feel deep within. But you feel that kind of joy, it's going to shine on your face. You you won't be able to hold it back. It will be displayed. Um, Also, another scripture says, A merry heart does good like a medicine. So if we have the joy of the Lord, it works like a medicine in our body. And you know, I think that's what the devil goes after more than anything. He tries to take our joy away because he knows we draw strength when we have the joy of the Lord. It's like a medicine. It works in our body. To bring help. And so naturally, he's going to go after that. He's going to try to get us upset, discouraged, aggravated, angry with somebody. He's going to do all that to try to take the joy, the very thing that acts as a medicine to us. Peace. Peace is surrendering everything to the Lord. And you've heard me say it so many times, but we have to come to that place where we know that we know that God is in control. He is in control. I'm telling y'all, he's in control. And it don't look like it sometimes. And it's hard for us to understand, and I hear people say, Why? Why would God do that? Why would God do this? Well, first of all, we've got to realize that God's not always doing it. we doing it. And He allows what we allow. But if our faith and our trust is in God, and He sees our heart, and He knows we want to please, please Him above all else, we want Him to be in control, then you can bank on it. God's in control. He is in control. Even when we mess up, God is right there. And He'll get us back in line. If we desire for Him to be in control of our life, when we get out of line, we can trust Him to bring us back in. It may take us spanking. But he'll bring us back in line. So uh, if, if you belong to God and your heart is to be with God, to surrender to him, then hey, we can rest in the fact that he's in control. And that's what peace is. Peace is knowing that God's in control. But there's one little key to that. We have to surrender that control. We have to surrender. Because a lot of us, we want to be in control. We want to decide. We want to do it our way. Well, our way is not always God's way. And so we have to be willing to say, okay, God, I give you control. I give you control of my life. Just do that work in me that needs to be done for me to surrender to you. Because believe me, there's a work that has to be done in us in order for us to surrender that control. Because the, the man of sin... Wants to be in control. We want to make our own decisions. We want to decide our own destiny. The part we play in our destiny is surrendering control to God and trust Him through whatever we have to go through. Trust Him that He is in control and that He will take care of us. Um, In Philippians 4-7, it says, The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. It's a peace that you don't understand. You can't comprehend with your own carnal thinking. And sometimes, I know when the pastor went home, I had such a peace. Deep within, I had a peace. There was a lot of uncertainty there concerning me, but I had peace that God was in control and that God was going to see me through. But it's a peace that you can't comprehend with your mind, and then you can even start to feel a little guilty. Well, why am I so at peace? You just lost the love of your life. Why should I be at peace? Yes, because God is in control. It don't mean that you are not saddened by losing the one you love and, you know, facing whatever you're going to face, but it's that peace inside that you know that you don't know how, But you know you're going to make it. You know you'll make it. Because God is the one calling the shots. And I'll tell you, I don't know how people make it through things like that and don't have God in their life. Because in the natural, in dealing with something like this in the natural, you fall apart. And I've seen so many people go into such deep depression and can't function, and they don't want to function. But that's not God's will. Because I know that I know where Owen Johnson is today, and he's probably preaching in heaven. But that brings peace and comfort. But it's the fruit of peace that sustains you. It keeps you. No matter what's going on, what happens in your life, you've got that inner peace that you know God's got this. Then we've got patience. And that's one I think we all... Struggle with because patience is like a fruit. It is the fruit, but it has to grow. Patience has to grow. And you work at it, you stay connected to the vine so that it can grow. But patience is showing tolerance to others, even through different and difficult circumstances, being able to tolerate without losing your cool, without reacting the way you shouldn't, and the only way you can do that is you have to remind yourself, you're in control, Lord, I don't know what's happened to this person, they've gone crazy, but you are in control. Or this is the most hard-headed person I've ever seen. I want to slap them side the head. But I know you're in control. You love them as much as you love me. Patience is a virtue. Patience is something we all should want but it's a part of the fruit. It's our should be a part of our character. It's to be patient. In Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Now, that's the key to staying in patience. Continuing in prayer. And, you know, it's a temptation when you have something or someone that's just trying you just to take matters in your own hands and let them have it. But through prayer, you can continue in patience. Kindness. Kindness is practicing a loving attitude towards others, treating them the way you want to be treated. And this is something that I talk to the students at school all the time. Be kind. Just be kind. It does not take a lot of effort to be kind. And you know, this world is looking for that. Somebody to just be kind to them. Speak with kindness. Treat them with kindness. And it's not kindness to talk hateful or to bark at somebody or criticize them and fuss at them all the time for what they're doing. You know, it's all in how we say it. I mean, we've got sometimes... I I encounter children that I really do want to say, what is wrong with you? Don't do that anymore. You hear me? Don't do that anymore. Now, you can say it that way, or you can say, listen, you cannot do that anymore. I don't want you doing that anymore. You do it again. You're going to get in serious trouble. I love you. And that's why I want you to do better. We—it's all in how we say it. I mean, we could even tell somebody I love you. We could say, "Well, I love you too." Well, you don't feel love, and you know, you—you know, it's not the truth. Or you can say, "I love you," "I care." But kindness is something that I think is really missing. Among Christians. We're just not kind. We're not kind to one another. The way we should be. And it says. I said. Practice, practicing it. That's the key. You have to keep practicing it. Until you get it. And it don't mean. That you don't sometimes mess up. But. Anytime that we fail concerning the fruit of the Spirit. What God is after is a heart that's quick to repent. Quick to repent. Lord, I shouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry. And go to the person. You know, I, I didn't speak to you very kindly when I said that, and I'm so sorry. I have to do that with students because I'll, Sometimes I've got a hundred things going on and then you got a student that wants to act up. And But I try. I always go back and say, you know, that wasn't kind. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to come across so harsh. Because we get busy with our life. we got so much going on, so much pressure on us. And we take it out on other people. It's not their fault. That we're going through what we're going through. So we shouldn't take it out on them. Now I'm. Preaching. But I really do try. Through much prayer. To be kind. And it. It disturbs me beyond words when I hear someone being unkind. And they say the truth, but they say it in such a way that I want to say, what are you doing? There's always two ways to say it. But we want to be on the side of saying it with kindness. Kindness is not weakness. Kindness is strength. Because believe me, it takes strength to control the way we speak and the way we act towards others. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave us. We are to do unto others the way we want others to do to us. If we would take the attitude and remember, treat people the way you want people to treat you. Some of us would bawl our eyes out if we spoke to people, if people spoke to us the way we speak to them. We would be really hurt and upset And that's why he said, react to others the way you want them to react to you. If you want to be fussed at and hollered at and snapped at, if you want people to treat you that way, then go ahead. Because believe me, you will be treated that way. Because the word says, what you do is going to come back to you. It'll come back to you. And maybe if we're experiencing some of that, we need to stop and say, is that what I'm giving out? Am I giving that out to others? Goodness. Goodness is showing integrity, honesty, compassion to others. Doing the right thing. That's goodness. Goes along with kindness. Just be good to people. Be good to them. Show understanding. Show compassion. Be willing to pray for them. Be willing to help them. Even if it's going to be a cost to you. Even if it costs you something. Just be good. Be good to people. And we don't see that a whole lot in the world. We don't see people being good to people. Everybody's after what they want. And how it's going to benefit them. And we don't see a lot of that goodness And kindness. But you know. If we're going to grow up in God. We got to get to that place. We got to get to the place. That the fruit of the spirit. Is active. In our life. Because that's what God's after. That's what he looks for. And I mean. You know. We meet people. That we don't like their ways but we got to love them. I used to tell Owen sometime when I'd get upset, I'd say, I love you, but I don't like you right now. And it's true. I mean, I love you, but sometimes I don't like your ways. And it gets to me, and I have to pray. But if you love somebody, you're going to be good to them. You're going to treat them with kindness. You'll be long-suffering. You know, it was a hard thing for me when in the uh, ministry, um, and Owen and I would travel and all, and it happened right here. Some people didn't like me. They didn't like me because of the way I looked the way I dressed, whatever. But they didn't like me. And because I battled rejection so bad, it would worry me. And I would think about it. and What can I do to change their mind and make them like me? And the Lord spoke to me one day and he said, get over it. Not everybody's going to like you. They didn't like me, they're not going to like you for whatever reason. And, but what I require of you is for you to be kind and carry and display my character. And that was hard for me to get over because I wanted to be liked. You like to be liked, don't you? And when you battle rejection, it's really hard to, to deal with the fact that not everybody likes you. But when that became a reality to me, I was able to say, Okay, God, i just put them in your hands, and I'm going to do to them the way I wish they would do to me. I'm going to show kindness. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do and leave the rest up to you. But there's some people that have character traits that just don't jive with us. But you know what? That's okay. It's okay. But it's not okay to treat them differently and to not be kind and loving and caring. It's not okay, regardless of how their character jives with you. But it it was a a revelation to me when I realized not everybody's going to like me, and that's okay. And when you travel... In ministering and everything, you encounter that a lot. Some people don't like you, they're just jealous of you. Some people don't like you because they don't like the way you talk, they don't like what you do or what you don't do. I remember when we first moved here and we started this church, um, I was still insecure. Um, battling rejection and a lady came to our house from the church and she came in and she wanted to talk to me. And so we sat down to talk and she started telling me as a pastor's wife this is what you should be doing. And I sat there and I thought she said you need to be visiting the nursing homes you need to be visiting those that are sick Uh, I mean, she just had a list, and I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, well, it made me feel bad, and I felt guilty. I was like, Lord, I'm missing it, and I'm missing it bad. And when she left, I prayed. I earnestly prayed, and I said, Lord, I just don't feel like some of the things she was saying that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And the Lord spoke to me so clearly. He said, at this time in your life, I have called you to be a pastor's wife, a mother, and show my character to this body. That's all he called me to do at that point in my life. I was to be a pastor's wife, standing with him, undergirding him, encouraging him, and being a mother to my children because I had little children. And sometimes people can put you under guilt and make you feel like you're supposed to be doing something that God's not called you to do. And if he don't call you to do that, don't do it because you'll fall flat on your face. But everybody's got ideas of what you should be doing. And some people are bold enough to tell you. But that made an impression on me. Because it brought me under guilt. And I started trying to figure out how I could do all those things. She had ten things on that list. I don't remember all of them. But I started trying to figure out how I was going to do all that. I had small children. God set me free when he said, at this point in your life, I've called you to be a wife and a mother and to show my character. That set me free. And then when people would come up to me and tell me, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, I would say, God, I know what you told me and I'm going to be the best wife I can be and the best mother I can be. And I ha- I was a mother to a lot of children besides my own. And I realize the impact of it now when he said, I've called you to be a mother. Because Owen and I had six kids, and we had t- 12 kids. That was of another mother and I loved every minute of it but he because I got my focus on being a mother I was there for others so know what God's telling you to do and don't get influenced by other people because everybody has their own ideas as to what you should do. The next part is faithfulness. Just be faithful. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to his word. Be faithful. If you are in a job, be faithful to that job. Do your very best. If you've joined yourself to a body, Be faithful to that body. Be committed. And, you know, I see that so much even in the lives of these children. You know, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. Yes, ma'am, I'm going to have all my work done tomorrow. When I come in, everything's going to be done. And they come in and they have struck a lick. But, you know, it's up to us as parents to treat our children, teach our children to be kind, be committed, be faithful. That's what helps them to grow up, to be ready for the world they're walking into. I know Jason, when he was young and uh, uh, rec ball came around, baseball, he wanted to play. Oh, he was all ready. He wanted to play. So his dad and I would endure getting into practice, sitting and waiting, going to the games, doing this, whatever was required. Well, about three-fourths through, he'd say, I don't want to play no more. I'm tired of it. I don't want to play no more. And the thing that his dad and I told him was, you made a commitment. You made a commitment, you're going to go all the way through the season. Now, next year, if you don't want to play, that's fine. You get to choose next year. But this year, you're going to follow your commitment. Well, the next year come around, yes, yes, I want to play, I'm ready, I want to play. Three-fourths of the way through, I'm tired of it. He finally, after about doing that about three years, he said, no, I don't think I want to play anymore. Because he realized we were not going to give in. And it's important to teach children that. If you make a commitment, then if it's to your harm, it's not just children, but us, even if it's to your harm, you follow through on that commitment. It builds character in us. And it builds this part of the fruit in us to be faithful. Just be faithful. If you start something, finish it. If you give someone your word that you're going to do something, you do it even if it costs you something. You do it. You know, in years past, People had more character about them. And their word was their bond. They didn't even have to sign a paper or an agreement. They gave their word and a handshake, and that was it. Because they could be trusted. They knew what it was to stay committed and to follow through on your word. Can you imagine what it would be like today If we just depended on that, depended on people's word, there'd be a lot of disappointment because their word don't mean anything. But we don't want to be that way. We're God's kids. And we don't want to be that way. We want to have character that people can depend on. that displays Jesus Christ. Then we've got gentleness. That's to show calmness and tenderness when we're helping others. Those that we come in contact with daily and not speaking, that's being gentle in our actions as well as our words. Gentleness. You know, that's a that's a part of God's character. I mean, you, th- you we don't take thought like we should on being kind, being faithful, being gentle. But that's God. That's his character. And that's what he wants us to be like. To be gentle. You know, you wouldn't... Um, grab a baby up by the arm and sling it here and sling it there and put it over in the corner and leave it there. No, most people are gentle with babies. They're tender. We're to be like that with one another. Even though we are grown, we need to be like like that with one another. Treat each other gentle. Being gentle. Taking the time. You know, the, the children here at school, especially Miss Hodge's age and those younger ones, they want to come up and they want to tell me stuff. And it's, it's kid stuff. But guess what? That's important to them. It's important to them. And I try to listen just as intently, and that's the greatest thing I've heard all day. But they, I try to show the gentleness, and when they, I get waves because I got two classrooms over here by my office. They go by my office, they got to wave, or they got to speak. No, Owen always said that you know a lot about a person's character, by the way. A dog acts and children acts towards you. If children shy away from you and they don't want nothing to do with you, you need to double-check your character. Because children sense things that adults don't. Now, Jason this morning, little Jason back there, he didn't want nothing to do with me. But I still try to be gentle and loving, <laughs> but he's in that age where he thinks he's too good. But anyway, let's try to check ourselves on these things. To stay gentle is a true trying of your faith because of what we run into in People we. Run into. And the last one is self-control. To be disciplined or restrained over our emotions and our desires and our mouth. Stay in self-control. Control Control your tongue. Control your reaction. Stay in self-control. Control your anger, or let God control your anger. Let God control your resentment. And it's something, well, the fruit, all of it, is a growing process. But it's to learn how to be in control regardless of the situation. Stay in control and we've all been been in that place where we lost it and we said stuff and did stuff and then afterwards you're like oh god i'm so sorry why did i do that that's a need for the fruit and i know sometimes i get real busy and stressed and i feel like maybe i spoke Wrong, and I'll go in and tell Cookie, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. But I thank God that He quickens me when I do it to where it doesn't become a habit. But you know, you got to listen to Him because He can tell you, and if you ignore what He's saying, You'll do it again and again, and then it's a habit with you. You don't even know you're doing it. You don't know you're speaking harsh. You don't know that you're treating people unkind because you've allowed it to become a habit to you. That that's just the way you are. But the way we are is the way Jesus Christ is, or it should be. People say, well, I know I got anger. My daddy had anger. My daddy's daddy had anger. That's not an excuse because we serve a God that can help us with that and change us. We don't have to be like our daddy and our daddy's daddy and uncle and grandpa and everything else. God can change us and make us different. The fruit of the Spirit is a clear display of the kingdom of God. And to enter in. To the kingdom. Live in the kingdom. The fruit. Has to be on display. And I'm not standing here telling you. That I got all the fruit. Worked out in my life. I don't. But my heart. Is to yield. And let God do it. Because that's my desire. And it's hard sometimes to, in order to be obedient to God and stay in uh, the fruit, and but stay obedient and still have opposition come at you. It's hard sometimes to go the right way. It's hard to make decisions that you know you're supposed to make and God wants you to make that people disagree with. It's hard. It's hard to stand firm on what you know God has told you, even though you yourself don't want to do it and other people don't want you to do it. But who are you going to stay faithful to? Who are you going to stay true to? I want to stay true to God. And I miss it. And I mess up. But God knows my heart. And I want to be truthful and faithful to Him. God loves us. And He's got so much for us. So much for us. He's got a basket full of stuff. An abundance of stuff but we're the one that's hindering it. We're hindering His blessings being poured out on us the way God wants it poured out on us. So I pray that this week when you get in a situation or circumstance and you see that you're not displaying that character of God, that you'll be quick to repent and make it right and try again, and try again, and try again, until after a while, it's a part of us. We make a habit of being kind. We make a habit of being gentle. We make a habit of being loving and patient. When you do something over and over again, it becomes a habit. So if we make an effort to do this over and over again, it'll become a habit, and we'll do it without even thinking about it. How awesome that would be. Amen. We hope you enjoy listening to today's message. Grace Church is located in Laura, South Carolina. You can find more information about Grace Church at wwwfacebookcom Lawris or follow us on Instagram at Grace Church eight four three.